and welcome to the Vintage Horror Podcast, where we talk about all horror. Well, I'm not even sure if we talk about horror anymore after this, but... <laughs> what do you host, mean? I'm your host, Kyle. <laughs> With me tonight, I got Mark. Hello, hello, hi. And Rob. Howdy, partner. Today, we'll be discussing Maximum Overdrive from 1986. Uh, but first, we're going to crack a cold one open with the boys. So what I meant was, <laughs> this movie ain't very horrifying. Oh, so. I thought you meant like we were going to do like another genre like comedy or action no i just don't this know def- if this-, this definitely is if inadvertently falls into the same realm as scary movie in no. terms of a horror comedy that's what this uh, is i wouldn't even say it's comedy but no yeah, there's um, some comic, comic parts i i was laughing the whole time so all right so what's up rob what's new man uh not a whole lot uh I'm lost I got an early birthday present from my brothers, which is really cool. They what a kiss on the lips. Uh, well, I'm not that fortunate. Um, <laughs> my brother uh, went to Disney and knew how badly I've never been to Disney, but he knew how badly I wanted uh, Count Dooku's lightsaber, and he bought the lightsaber and gave it to me as an early birthday present, and I was very very happy. Uh, Kyle came over earlier in the week and. Uh, Brought his lightsaber. We did some swinging in the backyard. Came back to me just like I was 15 all over again, uh, except with a lot more aches and pains. But it was a lot of fun, and it was a nice uh, reconnecting with a with a really awesome time from my childhood. And it was it, it was great. Um, for for a little reference, when we were kids, my lightsaber of choice was Count Dooku's lightsaber, and I had the plastic lightsaber that we used to beat the living daylights out of each other with when we were kids, and um, that broke years ago, um, got tossed and thrown away. Uh, and I was always sad about that. And I had thought about going out and buying, like trying to find like the plastic saber again, but most of those things are like on eBay for a lot of money. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, um, really? And if you want the old ones, yeah. yeah the ones yeah. are like, you got from like Walmart or something like that, or like, yep. Like 20 bucks when we were kids. Those things in the boxes are worth a lot of money. Wow. Um, it's because there are specific sabers that may, got made a lot of, and then there were specific sabers that had like limited releases, like Darth uh, Maul, uh, the Plo Koon one, Plo Koon lightsaber, Qui Gon Jinn's lightsaber. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, they saw limited release, so they, you know, supply and demand. That's how it goes. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I don't know. It was weird. I was definitely having a nostalgia moment, like when I opened it up and I saw like it wasn't the plastic Count Dooku lightsaber. It was made of metal and had like you know, cloth and everything. I was like, this is sick. Like, I don't know. Felt like the lightsaber grew up with me a little bit, <laughs> kind of yeah. in a weird way. Um, but it was really nice. Uh, so we are actually going to Disney next fall. Um, we're in the process of reserving everything for our like, one year wedding anniversary. Like, oh, 2023. Yeah. And then uh, Kyle today sent me some stuff about new lightsabers that are going to be coming out for that season. And my bank account's crying because I'm going to be spending lots of money. 
Yep. You gotta do so, something with it. Can't take it with you. You're yep. right. You're right. You're right. So um I booked I got my tickets for uh Thor Love and Thunder mm-hmm. next week. Kyle's uh and Sam are going with me and Susan, double date in that style. Uh I was not really excited about that film at first. Uh from early yeah, stuff. Neither. And then I saw Gore the God Butcher. Mm-hmm. And I love that storyline. Um, I'm not a Marvel aficionado. I don't read as much as the comics as like maybe Kyle has or many other people have. So I don't have a lot of ground to stand on. But that particular run of Thor got a lot of praise when it came out. So I checked it out and it was awesome. I loved it. I thought it was really great. Um, I wish Gore looked a little more menacing. I looked. At, I wish he looked a little bit more like Gore too, but I get it. He looks like alien. Christian Bale to me. Yeah, yeah. he looks like spray painted Christian it's, Bale. It's supposed to look like an alien, but it's hard to do that when you're well, trying to get an actor to play him. He yeah. kind of looks like the cross between like Voldemort and a xenomorph. I haven't seen what he looks like. I've just only. I just know Christian Bale's playing that part. But I feel like Christian Bale's the right person to play Gore. Like I feel like he could he could do that role justice. Yeah, because he'll probably actually act like a maniac. <laughs> Yeah, that's what well, I'm saying. Like a, he is a maniac. So. That's what I'm it'll be American. We'll the, it'll be American Psycho. Marvel or we'll Psycho. Or just put the bat suit on and go crazy again. Yeah, that'll be good. So, um, yeah, and uh, we had a fourth. Uh, we now have a fourth dog in the house. Never gonna so, have too many. Never gonna have too many. Uh, we took in my mom's dog, uh, which is really a family dog, but she had he'd been with her. For a long time, but he's becoming a little dip, a little hard to manage in his old age. So we're taking him in and taking care of him. That's it, really. Not a ton. Um, summarize: I'm a nerd. I love Star Wars. Star Wars is life. Star Wars is love. Um, I could talk about Kenobi, but this is not the Star Wars podcast. It's a vintage horror podcast. But all I can say is uh, another thing that brought me back to the root of my childhood, like brought me right back to 15 years old and all of its gloriness. You know, wonderful. Um, yep, so that's about it for me. I'm gonna stop rambling. I'm gonna pass that one to Mark. Yeah. So um, last week I went to Puerto Rico for my oldest sister's wedding. It was pretty sick. Basically, just went to the beach every day. Got burnt a little bit and peeling a little bit. You can see on my forehead or my head here. I'm peeling. Yep. Oh, watch out, bro. Yeah. So I did that. Um, got to see my brother and uh, my nieces and nephews, and uh, that I haven't seen in like ten years. So that was like pretty sick. My brother said he's gonna start listening. So shout out Mike if you're listening. I don't know if you are or not, but shout out Mike. Yeah, no. He, well, he drives a lot for work. Uh, he has to like inspect like poles. So he's like, yeah, I have. He listens to like two podcasts, and after that, he's like, I have nothing to do. So, well, we got a catalog now. So <laughs> yeah, for enjoy. sure. For, so so I mean, for a truck driver, this is a great no. He's not a truck driver. He just drives to like oh like um power poles or whatever you call them i can't think of the name of it what it is and he inspects them if they're bad then he tells the people they have to be fixed like the uh okay i can't remember that the, the word is off the top of my head um but yeah so did a that drive a lot of driving in this film yeah so yeah i did that um with puerto rico got back um it was nice to be off work so i finally finished how i met your re-watching how i met your mother i'm so i'm happy that's over i also um finally finally watched uh the predator from 2018 the other day since because i saw they're coming out with prey uh in a couple weeks on hulu which is like the prequel to predator so i finally said you know what i need to watch the predator from 2018 and it wasn't as bad as i thought it was so but yeah we got stranger things tomorrow but by the time this comes out that would be out um 
Gotta the boys, stay off the internet. Yeah, I know. Well, I I might leave work or we might leave work early tomorrow. So right when I get home, I might watch that. Unless I'm, I'm preparing to binge. So, so so yeah, then the boys finally finishes next week. So I'm gonna start that. Um, and then what we do in the shadows comes out next week too. I'm excited for that to come back. But yeah, just a whole lot of stuff to watch. Been playing Fall Guys a lot. Dude, um, I like that game. It's fun. You'll yeah, play with cool. me. I've been, cool. I've been playing. I've we been played playing the other day while. for like five hours. I feel. <laughs> I don't know if it was that long. No, it was long, for, man. Yeah, we definitely played for a while. We were playing for like five hours of the day. But I got um, that battle pass. Yeah, same. But um, oh, I didn't. And itchy back here. Yeah, I might go see the black phone this weekend. I don't know, but we hang out with Kyle and Michael on Saturday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I don't think too much going on. What about you, Kyle? Well, um, Rob kind of mentioned it, like Kenobi finally finished. Uh, overall, I'm going to just talk about the series real briefly. I know it's not horror, but it's uh, you know relevant to at least me and Rob and maybe other people out there like Star Wars. I don't know. Um, it was an okay series overall. Um, it definitely had a lot of flaws. Uh, I feel like it was trying to fill in the gaps between episodes. How many episodes was it? Six. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was trying to fill in the episode. It felt like it was trying to fill in the like movies episode three and four, like trying to fill in those gaps. And they did a beautiful job. But I think that final episode, um, or episode and a half, I'm gonna say the second half of the uh, second last episode, like all that made up for everything. I think it ended great. Mm-hmm. I think they did a wonderful job. I mean, there's one storyline I don't give a single fuck about, but um, they did a great job. I definitely had tears in my eyes. Um, yeah. I want to go back and re- I, I'm not even choking, dude. I'm not choked I'm, up watching it. Same. And, like that was, and, um, I knew it. I, when I said it, I, I, as soon as I texted you and you said, yeah, I, I had tears in my eyes. I'm like, I was like, there's not much that gonna, that's going to get to me like that. Like, like that did because it, it hits you in a place that felt that was too close to home. Yeah. I think because of how attached we are to certain characters. Yeah. I think it was the best star Wars to come out in a long time. I agree. And I don't want to, and I don't want to hear anybody ever again say fucking Hayden Christensen can't act. Like I will throw fucking hands, dude. Like it, it that, I don't know, but that oh, order, order 66 them. Yeah. Um, besides that, not a lot. I joined jujitsu again with our guy, Johnny. Uh, I went to going to the same place he is now. Madhouse Academy in Neptune, New Jersey. If anybody wants to see me there, come fight me, roll up dog. But, um, yeah, I joined that again. And, uh, I've been there two days so far, both double classes. And I just, I'm starting to get the fire back in me. Like I, I don't hurt like I did when I was doing it consistently yet. So um, I don't know. I'm really liking the way it's I'm feeling already. And uh, I don't know. I'm happy to be back to jujitsu. And I don't know if anybody listening knows anything about jujitsu or understands what the fuck is like, man, but I don't know. I feel young again. As stupid as that fucking sounds, I know I'm only 31, but dude, like I don't know. It's nice seeing all the like old people I used to train with too, because it's a lot. A lot of them are people I used to train with. They just went over to this gym, and um, it's nice. And besides that, yeah, I, I mean that's pretty much it. I don't really think we have anything going on. Like you said, Stranger Things, Black Phone, but like I haven't gotten around to either of those. So I'm sure we'll talk about them maybe next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's uh pretty much it yeah there's not really that many conventions coming up until like august like that's monster mania but like other than that i don't think there's anything on my calendar yep 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 my calendars are still on april so that doesn't help me at all it's supposed to be july tomorrow so do i know maybe i'll change it finally (laughs) (laughs) i don't know um so we'll move right into the top three this episode 
um the top three Stephen King adaptations. Um it could be movies or you know TV series, but they're like mini series, so it's pretty much a long movie. Mm-hmm. Um and I I mean there's a lot of these. Some of them have been redone. I've only seen a handful. Like looking at the list, I'm like, wow, I didn't see as many as I thought I did. Yeah, there's um, a lot. When I looked there's a lot of stuff that I didn't even know, like just from like novellas or whatever you call it, that he did. I didn't even know they made them into movies and stuff. I'm like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Like this movie, I didn't know this movie was actually based on something that he read. I thought it was just completely unique uh, that he yeah, wrote just that. so he could direct it. But um, I'll go first. Uh, my number three is from 1986, and it's Stand by Me. I don't remember what it's based off of. The body is that the- yeah correct. But that movie's just classic adventure type movie, you know. Um, that one definitely hits you in the feels. Like, I mean, it, it's kind of nostalgic. I didn't see it till way later. Like, I didn't watch it as a kid, but like, it's one of those things that makes you just like be like, "Fuck, I just want to go up an adventure, man." Does, and, did Sam ever see that movie or no? I have no idea. I, I she, she in might your room not or no? Have. No, no, she's well, not here she right fucking now. sleeps under living under a rock for twenty eight years. No, I don't shout think out Sam done. living under a rock. <laughs> I don't think she. Uh, <laughs> Watch that, but anyway, Mark, what's your uh, number three, man? So my number three is a movie we did a couple weeks ago uh, from 1976, Carrie. It's mm, pretty good um, one. Yeah, uh, we talked about it. I really enjoy that movie. Um, yeah, that's my number. I can't really say much more than we haven't said a couple of weeks ago about it. Um, that is going to bring new light to it, you know? Yeah, I get you. So, Rob, number three. Um. My number three is a one that gets, I feel like gets overlooked a lot. Uh, and it, objectively, probably not that good, but uh, it's from, I believe it's 1997. Uh, yes, 1997. It's the Night Flyer. I don't even know what that is. Um, I've heard of that, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah, it's based on a short story uh, by Stephen King. It's a fan. It, it's, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil too much because we might do it at some point. Um, but, it's it's a pretty good film i think you know it's not a long film it's short and it doesn't feel as psychological sometimes as some of stephen king's other work does a little bit maybe but i just think it's a fun horror movie and it definitely has the body count payoff so it's uh it's not really well known the first time i saw it I think a friend of mine had downloaded it off like Napster or something like pirated like a horrible copy of it. And they were like, yo, you got to check this out. It's so good. And I watched it and I remember falling in love with it. And I've seen it a couple times since, you know, like I said, objectively, are there better Stephen King films? Sure. But it's one that kind of sits well with me and I like it a lot. So bumping it back to you, Kyle, for that number two. My number two is Mark's number three. It's Carrie from 1976. Wow, I think like dude, rewatching it because I always forget how good Carrie is, though. Like that's but, I, like, I I agree too. I you, yeah, I didn't think so either. Yeah, and but rewatching it, like I'm like this is actually a lot better than I thought. And um, because of this single movie, like it pushed another one off the list. So uh, Carrie's my number two. Like Mark said, we already talked about it. It's not much more we can say. It's uh, an easy watch. Is it the best film? No, but. In terms enjoyable. of Stephen King adaptations, yeah, it's definitely one of the more enjoyable ones. Mark, what's your number two? So my number two is from 1990. It is Misery. It is um, like another psychological thriller. Um, Kathy Bates, James Caan. Um, it's 
one of those movies I like grew up watching. My mom would watch it a lot and I would always watch it. And it just always stuck with me like uh, uh, with it, like the nostalgia factor thinking about it when I was going over the list, I'd like totally forgot that he did this. And then when I saw it, I'm like, Oh my God, like I forgot about that. He did that. Like he not didn't do it, but he wrote the book. Um, and I, it's, it's one of my favorite psychological thrillers of like all time, probably misery. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. I've never seen it. Yeah, I I know the concept. I just never actually watched it. It's a really good movie. Maybe we'll watch it soon or do it soon, you know. But Rob, number two. Uh, This one was really, really hard for me. Um, You know, once again, uh, I was on the fence between uh, I mean, I'll do my honorable mentions later, but it was really, it, it comes, it's it 2017. Okay. Um, there have been a lot of good Stephen King films, but I loved the 1990s, like T- made for TV series with, um, you know, the, I'll, you know, a lot of stuff cut out from the books, obviously. Um, even with this adaptation, they had to leave a lot out. I like the modern it part one better than the tv series it part one mm-hmm. i like the it part two modern day a lot less um For sure and that's just how i feel like i just don't feel like it it captured the magic of the of the first part and i thought that they did a really really good job of tuning into the psychological shock horror of that character i think they relied a little bit too much on cgi but that's you know, for sure they did yeah you know neither here nor there um especially in part two they went full-blown cgi with a lot uh but i really really enjoyed the adaptation and um i think that bill skarsgård played a really great pennywise that's just how that's just how i feel don't at me don't at me i'll do my i can do are we doing any honorable mentions or no I got one. Uh, we will yeah yeah, I've got a couple honorable mentions that I'd like to throw in there. That just, this this was a much harder list for me than I thought it would be. Uh, so Kyle, you're number one. Um, so my number one, I think this is pretty easy. I don't. It's The Shining from 1980. I think it's honestly one of them. I know it's it's not as strict to the book as Stephen King himself wanted. He actually fucking hates this movie, and him and um. Fucking what's his name that directed it? I'm I'm an asshole now because oh Stanley Kubrick. Yes, Stanley Kubrick. Like they definitely butted heads a lot. Apparently, Stanley Kubrick was a fucking psycho to him. I would like call him in the middle of the night and be like, "How do you feel about Jesus and stuff?" And then he'd be like, "What?" And he'd be like, "All right, gotta go." And like like crazy shit like that. But like, (laughs) yeah. Um, I I think that in terms of movie, it's uh beautiful. But that's just how Stanley Kubrick was. He was so particular that he did shit over and over until he got the right shot. So uh, the shining 1980, uh, sometimes it puts me to sleep. Uh, <laughs> one time I went to Travis's house all the time uh, during a snowstorm and his mom said I couldn't leave. And I happened to have that uh, DVD back in the day with me. And uh, I was like, yo, you want to watch this? He was like, I guess so. And it's, dude, it was like three seconds in. And I said, all right, I'm going to sleep. And he literally finished the whole fucking movie <laughs> by himself. And I felt bad. Oh uh, Lord. So that's like a big joke with him now, but I love the shining. So, Mark, what's your number one, man? So my number one is Kyle's number three, Stand By Me from 1986. I it, loved it as a kid. And every time I, I catch it on TV when I'm 
when it's on, like on, if my dad has it on TV out there, I don't really watch TV per se, but um, Stand By Me, I absolutely love that movie and I don't watch it enough and I feel like I need to watch it more. And it, like Kyle says, it just hits you right in the feels and it's just, you want to go on adventures with your friends and yep. s- storm the fucking uh, beaches of Normandy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely love Stand By Me. Got my guy Keith for Solar Sullivan in it. Sutherland. Jesus Christ. Can't even talk. <laughs> yeah. So Stand By Me, uh, 1986. Roberto, number one. Uh, so my number one is another film based on a short story. This one is from 1998, uh, and it's Apt Pupil. Never even heard of it. Um, it kind of gets overlooked. Uh, kind of interesting, too, because it does tie in with Marvel nerds a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Singer directed this film where he would go on to direct the X-Men films or most of them. Yeah. And uh, Ian McKellen starred oh. in this film and only a couple years later would be picked as Magneto uh, for X-Men. And so I think this kind of began that working relationship between Singer yeah. and uh, McKellen. So thank goodness it did because he's a stellar Magneto. So, Kyle, have you ever seen App Pupil? No, I've never even heard of it, honestly. Okay, so I'll I'll explain a brief little bit about it. So, App Pupil deals with a young boy who basically comes into contact with a uh, older man who's living alone, oh, and that happens through <laughs> through a series of suspicious. Uh, events and discoveries um you find out that the old man is actually uh a nazi death camp guard who's been in hiding and you know the boy kind of goes through this and this is very early on in the film so i don't want to spoil too much of it but the boy kind of goes through this initially like oh my god i should turn this guy in like this is an ss officer like this is bad but his morbid fascination with how this kind old man could have committed all those inhumane or depraved acts makes him more curious than afraid. And it starts kind of this psychological intertwining downward spiral between, you know, the boy and, and, and the man, and you don't really know, you know, what's going to happen to the end of the film. And it has uh, quite a shocking payoff considering it's pre Columbine and pre mass shootings and pre violence across America, like on the scale that it is, there's some pretty heavy stuff in that film. Um, it got mixed reviews. Uh, and more recently, I feel like it's gotten a little bit more love. But to me, the reason why I pick it as my number one is so special to me is that I don't know. I don't, Mark, I don't know if you know this, but I know Kyle, I think, knows this. But when I was getting my degree in history, my concentration and focus was on Nazi ideology and the rise of the Third Reich. I actually didn't know that. Okay, so I spent an entire my entire final year of college was spent um, basically researching, writing, um, and and really examining the rise of the Nazi Party and how uh, how they could gain power. And one of my projects that I worked on was uh, disassociative identity disorder related to Nazism. So you know how right after the war you had individuals who committed heinous crimes assume new identities new places and completely complete new life histories and just snap um you know there was one in particular where there was a woman who was a kindergarten teacher or a primary school teacher who told stories how she tried to save 
children during the war and how she was working against the Nazis only to have her die and then later find out that uh, she was a Nazi collaborator, uh, was in a relationship with an SS guard and was present at the killing of Jewish children. Totally different lives. Um, and so when I saw this film, I remember it really left an impression on me um, that these people are still among us. And, you know, what does drive human beings to that level of depravity? And to me, that's some serious horror. You know, what can human being, what can human beings be driven to do in the right circumstances? So that's why that film sits with me. And uh, hopefully we can do it one day, or if not, you guys get a chance to watch it. I think it's a great film. It's a horror movie. Yep. Oh, okay. If you say so. Yeah. It's psychological horror. Gotcha. Um, anybody want to drop their honorable mention? The only thing I'd really say is uh, 2004 Secret Window with Johnny Depp. Yeah, I didn't know that was an adaptation. Either did I until I, I, I looked it up the other day and I said, wait, what? Yeah, just found that out right now. Yeah, yeah I really like that movie. Yeah, one's like crazy. I like yeah. it. You know, also speaking on Johnny Depp real quick, um, I saw the other day that he's in talks with Disney to reprise the role for Jack Sparrow for Disney Plus TV show, even though I said he'll never do it again. Well, well you know, paychecks speak. Yeah, money talks, dog. <laughs> well, he said at the, the court trial, like if they offered him three hundred million dollars, he wouldn't do it. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, but he had to say that for the court. Yeah, that, then he had to pay his lawyer. <laughs> like, oh boy. All right, sorry, but yeah. So that's really my only honorable mention. Um, I don't know. Like, there's there's a couple honorable mentions for me. Like, I obviously, you know you guys mentioned a lot so i don't want to like retread on ones that you've mentioned but like cujo and pet cemetery mm-hmm. you know those uh i know a lot of people who are afraid of dogs just from watching cujo um speaking of my dog uh and pet cemetery freaks me out i don't know why that film freaks me out to this day but it i don't know that little kid yeah that little Gage. kid bug, that little kid bugs me out um and i think one honorable mention uh that i did not bring i didn't bring it up because i have mentioned it in previous lists is silver bullet yeah. i love silver bullet so much i just didn't want to retread on that again after last week yeah that's why i only did one honorable mention for secret window because i could do Cu- i like cujo i like um pet cemetery yeah pet cemetery know. was definitely close to my list yeah so that's why i said you know what i'll do secret window it's like not the norm. Yeah. My one honorable mention is just 1990s. It, I do like that a lot. Um, but then when like thinking about Carrie, I was like, oh, fortunately it's got to go and Carrie's <laughs> going to go on the list. So, but I do yeah. like that. Tim Curry was good. Um, I like how corny it is. I know it's not the best produced thing, but like it's because it was a TV series in the 90s, you know? Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's the best. Like if you took Tim Curry out of that series, that series dog water for me. Yeah, like I just think he makes. I, I you ask anybody who remembers anything about that miniseries, and they'll be like, "Yeah, I don't remember any scenes except for anything that Tim Curry was in." I remember that guy's head in the refrigerator, right? Uh, was that the, that the guy who killed the guy who killed himself? I forget what what character that is in the uh, bathtub. I'm pretty sure his head re- appears in a refrigerator. Eddie? Maybe Eddie. Yeah. It, yeah. No, is it? All right, but yeah, so that's it for our top three. This episode, we'll move right on to the main event. Maximum Overdrive is the main event. This episode from 1986, released July 25th, 1986. 
has an R rating, a runtime of an hour and 38 minutes, a budget of $10 million, but only grossed $7.4 million worldwide, which is not a good thing. Uh, holds a 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb, uh, 15% on the tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 50% audience score, and 2.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd. So it looks like critics fucking hated this and people thought it was okay. That sounds like a great movie to me. Um, obviously directed and written by Stephen King. We all know that Stephen King has the infamous trailer where he's like, well, you want something done right, you do it yourself. So that's why he decided he's going to direct this movie. Um, I don't know who knows this or doesn't know this, but he was coked up like the whole fucking time. Um, I say, yeah. this, this, this whole film was done by his alter ego, Stephen Cocaine. Yeah, he uh, unfortunately right after the success of... I want to say maybe The Shining. Uh, I think Carrie did good, then The Shining, and then maybe a Salem's Lot. But he was he just started like doing coke all the time, and so much so that like people ask him about certain books like Cujo, and he's like, "Dude," and he'll honestly say, "I don't remember writing that." Can we talk about something else? I don't remember because like that's how fucking out of it he was. And allegedly, um, George Romero was on set a lot during this, and apparently he was giving him a lot of pointers and a lot of people said like eventually Stephen King actually went to like rehab to deal with his coke problem and George Romero actually ghost directed but I don't know how true that is it's just uh I knew he was like giving him pointers I didn't know that I feel like there are some little small parts of this film that if you pulled out and put into a Romero film it would work yeah they said it's very like there's some shots that are very Romero-esque yeah 100% and then there's some shots that are 100% pure cocaine (laughs) yeah Um, we'll head into some of the characters of course we have bill robinson played by emilio estevez yep that's my guy yeah we know him from the outsiders uh he was in that movie nightmares which is another horror movie um repo man the breakfast club mighty probably ducks yeah mighty ducks one two and three and i guess he reprised his role in this new series yeah what a guy yeah um Young Guns 1 and 2. They're also making a new Young Guns, supposedly, with him as the lead again. Um, he was also in Men at Work with his brother, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did um, uh, Apocalypse Now, but I don't think he was anything. Charlie big. Sheen. We should just put that out there. I don't know if people know that. Yeah, that's his brother. Yeah, Emilio Estevez's brothers are Charlie Sheen. For some reason, um, it isn't is Charlie Sheen the only one without the real last name? Or is it Emilio, the one that doesn't have the real last name? I think Emilio because yeah. Martin Sheen. Oh yeah, you're right. So Emilio, like, I guess I don't know if it's because stage name stuff, but like, and he didn't want to be associated. Are they half brothers? Or are they full on brothers? I thought they were full as far as I knew, but I, I don't. I can't no, tell his, you. It's sure. his full brother. Wow. Yeah. I, I yeah, so you know this is the first time. I Martin found Sheen's that out. last name is actually Estevez. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. they, yeah, so they. That's the real last name. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So I don't. Right. I'm, I didn't know if he didn't want to be associated with the Sheens, and like that's why he like decide to keep it or mm-hmm. what um, we have Hendershot who was played by Pat Hingle some of his best stuff or m- most well-known stuff is from the like uh, early Batman movies Batman movies such as uh, Tim Burton's first Batman he was Commissioner Gordon I know Batman and Robin and I assume he's in it uh, forever or, and um, Batman Returns I-, I assume I don't know for sure but uh, he also has 200 credits to his name and I didn't feel like looking through all of them so uh, yeah, he did. He did a lot of, uh, I think, um, Alfred Hitchcock stuff back in the day or not a lot, but he was on that. Um, 
he was also like in some Broadway play, play or something, and like the elevator, he got stuck in an elevator or something like that. Like in real life, he got stuck yeah. in an elevator. <laughs> yeah, or something like that in the Broadway play. Oh wow! But yeah, um, he did a lot of like one episode TV shows or TV movies. He he basically was an actor back then that just took whatever they said like, all right, like yeah. you, you want to do this? He's like, all right. Like, he was on an episode of Cheers. Mm-hmm. So he basically just like murder she wrote and stuff like that. So he basically just said like, yeah, whatever. Like I'll do whatever. I don't care. Yeah, watching Cheers, you'd be surprised, or maybe you wouldn't. Like, there's a lot of people who are on there that I'm like, like every time I see someone, I have to like just snap mark. I'm like, who's this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you did that uh, with a couple people, but I did that with a couple people on How I Met Your Mother. So yeah, because I I don't realize how many people do shows until you like yeah. watch a full series and like, holy shit, holy shit. Um, we have Brett, who was played by Laura Harrington. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is like her most popular movie. Well, she was in The Devil's Advocate. Yeah. Uh, and Wook's eating Gilbert Grape. I didn't know that. The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. That sounds good. <laughs> um, I've heard of LA Takedown too that she was in, but um, I don't think there's like a ton of big stuff that she was in. She's only been in like 23, 26 things, I think. Yeah, no, had... I don't think she a- she acts anymore either. She gave up on that. Did she? Oh, that yeah. could be true. Uh, we have Connie played by Yeardley Smith. Yep. I guess she does the voice of Lisa Simpson. Never knew yeah. that until yeah. I like looked up stuff about this movie. You can kind of tell when she's talking that she has like it uh, sometimes. Yeah, like a very cartoon voice. I, yeah. That makes sense, like for voiceovers. Um, but she was in like City Sicklers, City Slick, City Slickers. Jesus Christ! Toys with Robin Williams. She was even in Jingle All the Way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as good as it gets. She was in like a bunch of stuff like that, but she's also obviously known for Lisa Simpson. And then we have our guy, uh, Kurt or Curtis, who's played by John Short. John Short. I don't think he has been anything. He looked really familiar. You know, he he looked like the guy that was in. Um, fuck, he was in another one of those '80s movies. I thought it was like a teen heartthrob. Was I'm? Am I mistaken him with the guy that's from um, Weekend at Bernie's? Yes. Do they, look, do they look alike, or am I crazy? Um, I, 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 would have to, I would have to look it up side by side, but I don't. I, I honestly think, thought that's who it was, so I had no. to like look it up. Oh, well, never this mind. Fuck that guy. Then he, he's had a lot of TV roles, like random little like one-offs, one-episode roles. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if this person's worth bringing up. I guess the only other person that's in that movie would be the um, Giancarlo Esposito or Esposado, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. That's just a. It's such a like. I don't know. I feel like looking back and looking at that role, it's one of those wild early roles. Yeah, but he. I think he's what twenty years old then, and he needs to work. It doesn't even look like him. Yeah, either. no, that's like, when that's I saw that. Is. When I saw like the uh, credits, and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, but yeah, he's in uh Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. The he's in the Boys, Star Wars, Star Wars. He's in um a bunch of TV stuff. He's a great actor. Yeah, I'm. And now, I don't know if you mentioned that Far Cry 6. Yeah, he was in Far Cry. He did the video games. The Mandalorian. Yeah, he's he, uh, big big popular nowadays, honestly. Yeah. Didn't you say he wears a suit at every convention he yeah. goes to? He's, yeah, he looks like he does. Every time I see him, he always wearing a suit. Yeah. That same thing with like him and um, Anthony Michael Hall. He does that, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you would do that. Like when we... When he's at like in the summer, like and it's just pouring sweat, and I'm like, why do you do this to yourself? What is the point of this? <laughs> yeah. 
The last person I want to mention, um, only because I like love one movie that he's in, is Handy, played by uh, Frankie Faison. Yeah, he's in White Chicks. Yeah, he's in White Chicks. He's in Coming to America, but I know him the most because I used to watch it like all the time. I had a VHS, and I'm surprised it didn't like get burnt out. It was Down to Earth with Chris yep. Rock, dude. Uh, he's like the manager guy, dude. Yeah, I yeah. fucking love. I just that watched movie. that movie a couple, like a couple months ago, dude, for the first time. Or no, 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 no. Oh yeah, like, dude, I love that. It when was on, he comes it was on Amazon Prime or something, I've oh. never seen it, dude. What? When he comes out and he's like Tiger Woods, y'all, Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all, yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, so that's what that's from, huh? Yeah. 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 Have you heard me say that? Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> My fucking, whole life, <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I, I like love that movie. I totally forgot to mention him because he's not like a huge character. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just remember White Chocolate. Or, I don't understand how in the it. how in the 17 years that I've known you, I'm now just figuring out where this is from. Yeah, dude, it's it's a good movie. Oh, I um, love that movie. It's definitely a good Chris Rock movie. He made like that and um, had to stay like the same time. They're so good. And that one's so good too. Wasn't Pootie Tang around then too? Was it? I never really liked Pootie Tang, honestly. I'm pretty sure he directed that, right? That's a great movie. Or did he just write it? Uh, he, I don't know if he directed it. I don't know that. I, uh, I only seen that movie one time, and I'm like, yeah, I don't really like this movie. That's that's <laughs> a on, film. Where, that's definitely a film where cocaine was involved. That's where you get some uh, street cred. Trust me, some quality Wanda Sykes. Dude, well, she's also she's also in Down to Earth. Oh my god, dude, that's yeah. legendary. Yeah, I think she's. I guess her and Chris Rock used to be like good friends because I mean they're both comedians, but like yeah. they've done a few movies together. Um, What's that? I, film? I, What's that film from that Jamie Kennedy's in that time period? Malibu's Most Wanted. Malibu's Most Wanted. Oh, <laughs> I was like, uh, it's a great movie. No, it's not. It's not I love Malibu. Oh, are you kidding? Oh, dude, we're about to get beat up. Dude, Kyle, I fucking love Malibu's Most Wanted. Dude, when he, I, I know it's okay, really off topic. It's, it's a hilarious movie. He, objectively, like, not a good movie. Well, if that's real, then this gun is real, and if this gun is real, that means the bullet's real, and if that's real, that means this will hurt. And he shoots his bullet. So, it's real. <laughs> I was, I, dude. He, I think he did that right when we saw him do stand up. I think he said it's real once. I was like, oh, did he? I think he did. Because I was no. like, I was like, I wanted him to say that, and then I'm pretty sure he did. No. Anyway, we'll move on to the. Movie. I don't know. Well, when we see him in August, we can have him do it or ask yeah. him to do it. Yeah, just ask him to do it for the podcast. Maybe I'll I'll get a picture of him from that movie and I'll have him write it's real. Even though it's probably a waste of money. No, it's good. I need to get him to sign something else, probably. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we'll move on to the movie. Um, it starts with a text on the screen. It says, on June 19th, 1987, at 9.47 a.m. EST, the Earth passed into the extraordinarily uh, diffused tail of Rhea M, a rogue comet. I took a picture of it, so I would know. <laughs> According to astronomical calculations, the planet would remain in the tail of the comet for the next eight days, five hours, 29 minutes, and 23 seconds. Just so you know, that is like a peak Stephen King thing to do. Just put all this fucking writing that you literally don't need to know in it. <laughs> yeah, they just is. say, oh, a comet came and you're going to be in the like radiation for four days. That's all he had to write. Like Very specified numbers. Yeah, like that's his writing. It's just being so specific about everything. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, we were As soon as we watched this, as soon as this came up on the screen, uh, Susan looked at me and she said, Kyle was right. I'm like, okay, calm down. About what? Like, how, what, what we were, movie? We were, <laughs> how you can't always trust Rob's critique on films. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think she said that. I just backed her up because I agree. Um, right. <laughs> so you see, like, the earth, and there's a green glow that starts to go around it. And the, then the typical 80s, like, um, 
green CGI, or I don't even know what you would call it. I honestly thought it was like a black construction paper with like <laughs> a screwdriver poked holes through with a light behind it. <laughs> Dude, that's like how they did the thing. What are you talking about? That's good. Um, so then we're in Wilmington, North Carolina. I've been there, so I know a lot I've about been there it. Too. Um, Stephen King himself appears on the screen, like trying to use an ATM, but it just shows the word asshole over and over. Well, on even the that too, the bank he's at, it says fuck you on the top. Oh, did it? Oh, I yeah, didn't. Yeah, like on the yeah, thing yeah, going yeah, across, yeah, it's right, like yeah, fuck right. you. Yeah. Um, we see a, a boat that starts on its own. A bridge starts to go up, even though the traffic light on it is green. Which I don't know if, and like some people might not know what the fuck we're talking about, but like on bridges that have to go up so boats can go under, like they built them too low, so they open up. Yeah. Um, there's usually like a traffic light, and it goes red, so people aren't crossing the bridge when it's trying to go up, and it just stays green at, instead of like turning red. Um, it causes a backup on the bridge. A man falls off his motorcycle into a water, so followed good. by a, a man like in a truck. The cars start sliding down the bridge into one another. A uh, few like watermelons human- start falling yeah, everywhere. Yeah, the watermelons. I thought, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then people are like, "What's going on? The light didn't turn. Yeah. What the hell?" I'm like, "Dude." This I like the guy. I like the guy in the already. I like the like stoner in the van who was like, "This is far out, man." Like, <laughs> was that the ACDC van or yeah, no? yeah? And yeah. I did notice that the ACDC because they did the soundtrack. Uh, yeah, they for this basically movie. did the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, because I guess Stephen King met them and he like asked them if he they would like do the soundtrack or if he could use their music for the soundtrack and then he like sang a whole song to them apparently no <laughs> and, way yeah google that's he's embarrassing like, so he's also called coke all the time dude i want you to i want you to notice something in the editing that makes me laugh every single time that's fucking embarrassing. so first and foremost the, the bridge is opening up right and it cuts <laughs> yeah. to, like people falling but then it cuts yeah. to the bridge back not even open and then it cuts yeah. to the bridge open then it cuts to it not even open but one of the things that gets me and my logic didn't kick in until years later is you see the motorcycle guy sliding down the bridge, right? Yeah. And then somehow he goes off the top of the bridge. Yeah, that's how it works, Rob. <laughs> it's movie magic, dude. You something you don't know about. That's why you're not in the cinema club. Yeah. Oh god, like I love the, and- I, listen, I love the physics no longer applied. Me, me Charlie and um fuck, what's his name? But did, did you see the one girl crash her car and go through the windshield? Yeah. I, don't, I was like there's just so much going on. Like it's like so hard to pay attention. Like I can understand someone being on. Co- I don't know what being on coke is like, <laughs> but I assume this is what he said. Like everyone just do what you want, run in, like crash into each other, run into each other at the same time, and make as much noise as you can. Yeah, yeah. That one guy who gets out of the car and slips on the watermelon, no, just falls <laughs> into it. I was Such, like, that was so corny. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone's getting out of their vehicles and like fleeing. A uh, truck with a green goblin face is seen making its way uh, to a rest stop. Uh, called the Dixie Boy, and Handy gets out, uh, the driver of the truck, and he heads over to the one of the mechanics. Um, I guess he, I don't know if, remember if he gives him the key, but he tells him like, "Hey, fill her up," and then like yeah. heads inside the rest stop, where of course he's known by like everybody. Uh, the television behind the counter comes, or uh, can't find a like a uh, station because back then I guess uh, yeah, use the rabbit ears. Yeah, and then meanwhile inside like an arcade, a patron. Who's played by, uh, fuck's his name again? John, John, John Carlo Esposito. Esposito. Yeah, uh, he's in there and he's watching as like games start going haywire and breaking, and then the vending machines start like dispensing their products like uh, cigarettes and money and mm-hmm. uh, coffee and shit. And he's just like, oh, 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 enjoying it. <laughs> I know then, there's been a lot of commentary about that scene like years later. 
Uh, I was I was just watching an episode of Double Toasted today. They they actually just did this recently, and the guy was like, "How come in every Stephen King movie, like a lot of them, you've got the random uh, black guy having to steal things or do like stereotypical things?" And I'm like, "Well, I mean, that also was the '80s," and like. I just thought it was interesting. They're like, oh, look, John Carlo Esposito. Like, yeah, let's put him in a room and have him start stealing right away. I was like, I just think it was just good comedic effect. I didn't see it like that, but I know I've been challenged and heard from some people that they, they look at it that way, that, that Stephen King doesn't treat his characters the best. Well, I mean, he in his books, he does use the N-word like almost every time. So, yeah, at least so, in the old ones. <laughs> but uh, when he starts stealing those cigarettes, starts shoving them in his pants and stuff, I was like, okay, this yeah. is peak funny. I it's not really this. stealing it. They're, they're dispensed, dude. Like, what do you- They're already out. They got to yeah. go to someone. They've yeah. been given away. Um, need a new home. While filling up Handy's truck outside, a uh, pump stops working. So one of the mechanics, whose name is Duncan, goes to check this, like check it, see if the pump is clogged. And when he looks into it, which you should never do ever, um, it starts again shooting him in the face and getting in his eyes. And then Hendershot, who owns the rest stop, pulls Bill Robinson into his office, asking him to work nine hours a day instead of, uh, or and only get paid for eight because some program he's a parolee or something and he has to like work for him and if not he goes back or something yeah he gets in trouble with the law again um so yeah bill really can't say no um because he has to do what hender shot wants but uh so then when bill goes to put his like time card back he notices that all the other time cards or most of the other time cards are marked with the same star that his is meaning that there's a bunch of parolees that work for him and that he's you know pulling this on everybody not just him and then um as this is happening, an electric knife turns on by itself, cutting into the arm of Wanda, uh, who was the lady trying to smack the TV earlier to get to work, and then like falls and hits her in the foot. But and I don't it's think like, her foot hurt. No, it like falls, hits the ground, and then like it's almost like scooting its way over to her foot, trying to like eat her foot. Yeah. yeah. But then Bill comes over, beats it with a hammer until it stops moving. My and then hero. In, in the arcade, uh, Jean Esposito. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito uh, goes to play like a game for some reason and gets like electrocuted to death. Uh, and overhearing this, Bill comes in to find him and he's still convulsing from the electric. It's, it's electric. I like how he like coughs up a lightning bolt. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's how that works. At a little league baseball game, the coach goes to celebrate the children's win by purchasing soda from a vending machine. Soda for and, everyone. And it starts shooting out cans. At this people. is just like, wild too. Yeah, <laughs> hitting the fucking coach in the forehead, killing him, and then chasing away everyone else. Uh, who's in- including a young boy? I what's his name? Deke? Is it Deke like or D-E- De- I don't know. I D E K E. Yeah. I don't they ever say it. They say his name at the end. Oh, someone's I- calls him over. Like, oh, that's Duncan's kid. Oh, I I assume it's pronounced Deke. Um, Dyke. Deck. 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 No. Decke. No. Decke. De- I don't Decker. know. Uh, we'll say Deke for now. Okay. Uh, and then we see like a road roller, one of those like fucking steam rollers. Yeah, steam Yo, rollers. Awesome powers <laughs> style, man. I uh, just like, is wild. Like it's crazy because it starts off like first of all, it's like like one of the kids who gets smacked with the cans, like gets smacked in the back of his spine, and like that the way that kid reaches back and grabs his back, like they definitely pegged a kid with a can or something. Like it's good, but then just out of nowhere through the scoreboard that steamroller just no no buildup or anything no like just comes flying through there absolutely insane yep and then it it uh 
it's like a kid that you see on a bike and he like falls off his bike. I thought his bike came to life too, and that's why he fell off. But I think mm. maybe he just fell off. Yeah, he just guess. fell off and he's just dead. Yeah, you know? and then fucking gets rolled over by the steamroller. And I, I guess like what Stephen King had planned on doing was putting like a bag full of fake blood underneath it so this way when it hit the steamroller and it kept going you would see the like blood print on the steamroller yeah. wheel but instead it just kind of like burst and went everywhere <laughs> and he's like actually i like that effect a lot better so yeah, they said it looked like a head exploded yeah but the uh the mpa had something to say about that they, they yeah, said they, absolutely not yeah they did have to cut it unfortunately because of that you cannot um, blow a kid's head up under a steamroller and then we see like deke or deck decker deke get away on his own bike Honestly, the be- the best person with survival instincts in this entire movie, Camp Loman. That's the guy's name, by the way. Yes, a uh, gentleman who's driving or giving a ride to Brett, who is hitchhiking down the road, uh, pulls into a into the rest stop. Uh, or no, they don't pull into the. Re- oh yeah, no, she- they drive. They're driving for a couple minutes, and he's like keeps rubbing up on her, touching her, and she's like, "If you keep touching, you're gonna have a hook for a hand." Yeah, he's like, you don't have no manners to the lady. I'm like, dude, you're a fucking creepy guy, like rubbing this girl. Like, you, not, you, any, not you that he's got a, manners. He's a Bible salesman. Yeah, dude. he's he's running seen, around like and just be like, you, I like the later scenes. He's like, this is a premium grade American Bible. I'm like, oh my god, you ever seen fucking Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, man? There's rules of the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she wasn't trying to follow him. No. Um, <laughs> But then when they get to the rest stop, he like blows up on her after feeling disrespected. And then she notices that Handy's truck starts to rev its engine and come at them. And she like pulls camp out of the way uh, from the oncoming truck and bystanders like and the rest of in the rest stop kind of are like watching like, well, who the fuck is it in the truck and just did that because, you know, Handy's Handy, inside with yeah, them. And he shows his keys that he's like, they're right here. Yeah. Um, Newlyweds Curtis and Connie are coming up to a a rest stop, not the Dixie Boy, but a rest stop. And Curtis notes that you know they need gas, and Connie says well, that's great because she has to use the bathroom. And Curtis says, "Well, can I watch?" And I said, "That's my fucking guy right there." I think Curtis wants to watch. That's what I wrote. Um, yep. <laughs> and then they pull into the rest stop and find like a person dead uh, from what looks like a wound to the head, and then blood just fucking like everywhere outside. Um, a truck starts nearby and starts to move. Curtis tries to like flag it down. And then the truck attempts to run him over. And he's able to jump away from it in time. And I think he kind of notices that nobody's driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really hard to tell if he actually does not or not. Um, he gets up slowly and embraces Connie with a kiss. But then they hightail it out of there when they hear the truck starting back up, uh, heading back down the highway. Back at the Dixie boy, though, Hendershot makes sure that one of his mechanics um dealt with like the body of the electrocuted guy in the arcade i don't remember who he gets to do it probably joe if i had to guess yeah um and then bill heads out to the goblin that's what i'm just going to refer to the truck as yeah, I, that's what it says in like everywhere else as the goblin the green goblin truck oh uh, yeah i'm just gonna say yeah bill heads out to the goblin to give it a look over uh he's checking it out and as he's doing this um he is started by brett but he, he like comes- stabs the truck with a key doesn't he I think he like pokes at it. Or uh, pokes it or something. Yeah. And then it moves when he does it. Does it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he, when he does that it moves. Oh, I don't I thought it like it was it looked like the key was like getting ready to start back up um when he was like right behind it when he was looking at it before he got scared by Brett. Um but then Brett tells him that he's cute and they in- introduce themselves to each other noticing that like there's emptiness on the roads and around the rest stop. Like there's nobody around, which I guess is unusual, even though they're like kind of in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. 
riding his bike down a residential road, Deke sees the chaos and bloodshed for machines that had come to life, killing people throughout the neighborhood. An ice cream truck is making its way around the block and Deke hides in a bush to avoid detection. And then when he comes back out to get his bike, a lawnmower nearby starts and begins <laughs> to like follow him down the street. Um, I love when they pan down that street and you see like all the fucking dead people. Like the guy had the, um, and the dead dog. Well, that I didn't like. That's no good. No, nope. yeah. There's zero yeah. stars. Yeah, but, it's funny because like I, I just gotta say real quick, Susan like left the room for like 10, 15 minutes and she was passing back through and she's like, Oh, what's going on? And then they like cut to the dead dog on the screen. She's like, Yeah, still zero. Zero <laughs> stars. Nope. Yeah. I like how there's like one guy like out the window on a second floor, and then there's the one guy sitting on the porch. Fuck, I forget what he had. It was something like so stupid, and he's dead still holding the little thing. Well, the one girl had like a blow dryer wrapped around her neck. Yeah. Strangled her. But this lawnmower, uh, has a lot of controversy around it. I don't know if you saw anything about it. Um, It was the result of an 18 million. It resulted in an $18 million lawsuit. Oh yes, you're right. Yeah. So this is the lawnmower where uh, Stephen King and them wanted a shot of the lawnmower coming down the driveway. And, you know, obviously there's safety stats or safety standards on sets, right? You cover blades and stuff like that. Sometimes. And, And, they were just like, yeah, nope, nope. We need this for the shot. Take the cover, take the safety stuff off the blades, everything else. And they kind of propped the camera on a block of wood. And the cameraman had to be down there, like facing the lawnmower. And the lawnmower was rigged up to a radio control and the speed was increased on it. So basically every safety standard you have, you violate to get that scene. Yep. And the lawnmower caught the wood block and sent wood shards into the face and into the right eye of the cameraman and actually caused him to have permanently, I believe either lose yeah, he or lost have, his, he right lost eye. his right eye, yeah. which was his camera eye. That was his good eye that he used for work or whatever. So he ended up suing um, Stephen King directly for $18 million, $18 million. Uh, for, they settled out of court. I believe yeah, they settled out of court, And so nobody knows how much he really got, but, um, but there th- were, that was more than the budget of this fucking movie. <laughs> But he went after, but like he went after, I'm sorry, he went after King. He went after uh, Dino De Laurentiis Productions. Uh-huh. He, he's, he named like, I think it says uh, 18 people in in that defense suit and settled out of court. But I mean, God, what a what a horrible accident to have on set. I mean, that's terrible. Yeah. Lost his eye for, I mean, for this movie, <laughs> this is what you lose your eye for. Yeah. Like, dang, man. Uh, Camp is now trying to sell Bibles to Wanda and then Duncan. Uh, uh, or sorry, to Wanda and then Duncan, the mechanic who got his, uh, you know, the gas in his eyes, is like determined to go out to look for his son Deke because that's where he learned that's his son. Um, but is stopped by Bill, and then Henderson comes up threatening to fire Duncan if he leaves. But then Bill kind of like backs up uh, Duncan, threatening to knock out Hendershot's teeth, and then a red eighteen wheeler just starts up and. Uh, Going at Duncan, fucking max that motherfucker, killing him. Dude, runs him over. Force. Yeah. And then uh, crashes into like Camp's car, causing trash to fall all over it. Camp runs out to like yell at whoever's driving. I guess he didn't get the memo yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the truck, as it's like circling the parking lot, the goblin starts back up again and starts to back up towards Camp. Uh, Bill tries to save him by like, but kill- Camp, like, instead of like letting him pull him away, he just pushes him off and uh, tries to run away, but then he ultimately gets hit and sent over the guardrail. <laughs> yeah, he That's goes nearby. flying. 
Yeah, which is funny because like that would be the second time that like somebody had to save that fucking idiot from getting hit by a truck. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hendershot tries to radio for help with no avail. Handy and like another worker go out to wrap the body that's outside in blankets. Um, I guess that's Duncan's body, correct? Yeah. And they go to dispose of it. Uh, inside, Brett gets changed in the bathroom, and Bill's like waiting for her, and they flirt Let's a little try to bit. Take a peek. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, girl. I got this mirror right here on my shoe. Yeah. Goblin and the other trucks all start their engines and start circling around the Dixie boy. Curtis and Connie, still on the highway, notice a <laughs> bunch of semi trucks driving in the opposite direction of them. Um, and they veer off the road in time to avoid getting T boned by a oncoming or, or a truck that's coming onto the roadway. Uh, it comes up behind them, attempting to run them off the road, but he eventually tricks the truck with some swerving, causing it to run Swerve. off an exit ramp down a hill where it explodes. And then they see a sign for the Dixie boy and decide to head there just so they can call the police there. Um, but then when they pull up, they see the truck circling around and Curtis decides that he's going to try to get through like a, a gap. He's a fucking stunt driver here. <laughs> yeah. he's like, I can do it. There's a gap. <laughs> yeah. in like the truck's formation uh, to get to the Dixie boy. But when he goes for it, they're like clipped on uh by truck but like on their trunk so it causes them to kind of flip it's yeah. so funny because the whole like you think you're gonna have this hero moment like he's gonna make it through, yeah. but then like when they're flipped she's just still complaining the whole time i'm upside down yeah her voice like, is fucking obnoxious oh my god Curtis, get me out and like she's getting frustrated she's and then like when you know at that point um uh bill kind of runs over to try to like help them out and get her out of the car. And he pulls out, I think it's a straight razor that he pulls out like a barber, like a shaving razor. Cut the seatbelt. I don't know how she's, he's cutting the seatbelt to save her. And she's like, be careful with that thing. It's sharp. I'm like, Oh, I might just, somebody should just left her there. Yeah. And then as they run back to the building, Hendershot comes out shooting a grenade launcher at the truck that's following them, blowing it up. Uh, reloads and shoots a second truck, destroying that one too. And then Bill like tries to ask like where they got that stuff, and Hender shot kind of shuts up Joey before he can tell him uh, anything. That's like a mortar grenade launcher. He's firing rockets out of that thing. Yeah, like, like right, right near each other, right near everyone. Yeah, and I love how he fires directly at them and doesn't even tell them to duck. Like they well, only duck because I mean, they, they all cut, duck, but yeah. but they like they only listen. He did not care if he shot them in the meantime. Like it was. He was firing that thing no matter what. Yeah, it's he, definitely a no-no. That, yeah, that man, um, Hendershot, uh, I mean, now I know where his name comes from, uh, but he. I feel like he waited his whole life for that moment. Brett tells Bill that uh, she was on her way down to Florida before all the machines went into maximum overdrive. I know Rob's favorite thing is when they yep. put the... I wrote that down, maximum overdrive said. <laughs> into the, the movie. Uh, and then she like cries in one of the worst crying performances ever. And then Bill puts his like arms <laughs> around her to comfort her. And it's all fucking awkward. Uh, and then we see I wonder the- if that was the first day of shooting this scene. That's what it looks like. Because they look like they have no chemistry. Yeah. That's like this whole movie with them, though. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I can still see Stephen King like standing there, being like, "All right, now kiss, do it." Like, dude, we just met. I don't care. Please do it. Deke still on his bike. Sees a plane flying by itself. Um, he's near the same sign as Curtis and Connie were before for the Dixie boy. Um, so he starts biking that way because I guess he knows his dad works there. So. 
Uh, Bill goes into a bathroom. Uh, Joe is using Joey's using the bathroom, and this he is so a- awkward. He asks him about like the firearms that are in the cellar, and then Joey eventually tells him like that they have everything in the cellar. Um, yeah, it's kind of awkward because I think think he farts a couple times. Dude, he's like <laughs> shitting. You hear it? Yeah, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. This actually was at, filmed in the bathroom during a break. Film on location. <laughs> filmed yeah. on location. Uh, cut to Bill and Brett in the cellar, looking for, at the like stock of firearms, but then they're caught by Hendershot after Brett screams. Uh, he tries to tell Brett that, about Bill's past, and they have a quick little like dick measuring contest between the two of them uh, that ends in Bill grabbing a gun and Hendershot saying like after this. Bill's ass is grass. And then Deke comes as close as across the street from the Dixie boy and tries to like take down a almost like chain link that's in front of a sewage drain outside. Yep. Um, but he's unable to because he's a pussy boy. Sorry, he's a weakling. I don't know. <laughs> uh, weakling. A nerd. Uh, nerd he's... cock. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's now nighttime and brett and bill just like got done making sex which is pretty fast in my opinion uh bill notices they need to stay alive for the next seven days when it's over they said yeah um and then bill notices like the green light in the sky or was it brett i don't know oh no it was definitely bill because then brett guesses that it's coming from like the comet that was just happening and then bill gets the idea to go like to an island called haven that's nearby and i guess that's referred to in other stephen king works later on Mm -hmm. um but it has no motorized vehicles and they could try to like escape to that to survive. Uh, Joe tries to play some music on the jukebox. It explodes. That's like a quick little scene. Yeah. It's like, why, why are you trying? Like, dude, everything's trying to kill you, man. Yeah. They just want to have a little fun, man. And then we see Wanda again, who's now drunk, gets upset and goes out and starts yelling at the vehicles and like saying like, (laughs) we created you. We we made you. Oh yeah. We made you. That's what it was. You can't do this to us. And then one turns to her uh, to like run her down. And, but she's grabbed by bill who picks her up and carries her back to safety, causing all the trucks to start beeping and the lights going on and off in the Dixie boy. And then from outside, everyone here is yelling and it's coming from camp. The Bible salesman, he's still alive <laughs> over the guardrail. <laughs> I don't know why he's just starting to yell now, but right. It reminds me of Austin Powers and fucking Will Farrell's like just down there. He's like, My leg is very broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he's when he plays Mustafa. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's like, like, I'm gonna stand up. It's still broken. broken. <laughs> yeah. And then uh Curtis decides that he's gonna go get him, even against Connie's like protests. Deke finally gets the cage away from the sewage drain and climbs in and more trucks start to pass by the Dixie boy. I guess they're all starting to head that way now. Um, Bill and Curtis go out crossing the parking lot to make their way into a sewage tunnel that's in a building across the parking lot. They make their way. I guess that's like a public bathroom instead of like a worker bathroom or something. Yeah. Maybe like the gas station, like public bathroom. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Because there's a bunch of toilets, and then at the end, it's just like the big sewage drain, which I don't know why the fuck you would just have easy access to that like that, but it's the 80s. Um, they make their way through, coming out where Deke just did, who was grabbed by Camp before Camp like dies for good. Yeah, he's like fucking black body. Yeah. <laughs> they get Deke back to the building that they came from and cross back like to the Dixie boy, uh, but not before Bill shoots a grenade launcher at a truck, eliminating yet another one. Deke uh, finds out what happened to 
his, his, or he asks what happens to his dad, something like that. And then Hendershot tells him, uh, like straight up. Yeah. That Duncan got scrubbed by one of the big boys out there. <laughs> yeah. And then Deke like is asking if it's true <laughs> and then kind of breaks down into Bill's arms and Brett slaps Hendershot for being so cruel about it. But it's barely even a slap. It's like, I don't know. It's like a tap on his face. I just, I could, I, I could not believe he said it that way. I was, I was cracking up. I can't believe Stephen King wasn't like, yeah, harder, harder, yeah, <laughs> fucking harder. <laughs> Break uh, his jaw. In the morning, uh, Deke wakes up after, or wakes up Bill after seeing a uh, bulldozer making its way into the parking lot, followed by like a uh, a military, like I don't want to say vehicle, but it's kind of a vehicle. Um, it's almost like a cart with a gun mounted to it, and it's clear the bulldozer's clearing out its path. Um, you know, whatever's in it, trucks, cars, anything is just fucking running through it. Um, it makes its way to Hendershot's car and runs it into the wall of the Dixie Boy. And then Hendershot comes out, uh, grenade launcher in hand, and he fires at the bulldozer. And in retaliation, the gun strap vehicle uh, that rode behind it on the way in opened fires at the Dixie Boy, killing Hendershot and like a bunch of other fucking people. Yeah. The process. That didn't have like speaking roles. Yeah. They were just there to die. And Wanda goes outside holding the grenade launcher, and then she's shot and accidentally fires the grenade launcher, which hits another truck. And then the military vehicle vehicle's horn starts to go off like in a pattern, and Deke recognizes it as Morse code, and he figures out that they're asking to be refueled or threatening to kill everybody. I just don't understand why they like. I get it, right? Like you have all these trucks and everything. Why not just get like a military jeep or something? With a machine gun mounted on it, this is a, like a Home Depot golf cart, like it's like a Home Depot garden cart with a PVC pole. Yeah, and we slapped a, 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 a large machine gun on it. It just looks—it's so bad. Like I don't know, and they try to make it so menacing, right? Like the truck rolls up and pushes things out of the way, and the bulldozer, and then all of a sudden this little tiny dinky cart rolls in. I'm like that—that's what we went with. I mean, it worked. It worked, but I mean, like, it, to me, it would have made more sense to have it, like, mounted on a Jeep, like a legit military vehicle. And, like, during this whole time, I'm like, couldn't have tanks? Come on, guys. I get you. I get you. I think you. the budget was spent somewhere else, Rob. Yeah, on Just the Green up Goblin. Someone's, up someone's nose. <laughs> well, that's very true. Uh, let's see. Where are we? Um, Bill goes out as volunteer to refuel them. The gun's trained on him the whole time he's walking. And he goes to the Goblin and tells him to tell all the trucks... Uh, that all the trucks uh, let all the trucks know that they are opening their fuel reserves um, to all the trucks that need it out there. And then the trucks line up and the group of survivors spend all day refueling the vehicles that come. And then when the fuel finally runs out and the trucks all begin to blare their horns in protest, uh, one gets a little pushy with Bill, forcing him <laughs> over to like where the reservoir opens. So Dil, uh, Bill, so Dill, Dill, <laughs> so Bill can dump its supply into the reservoir so they can keep filling up more trucks. Uh, Handy comes over because Bill's kind of like fallen down and weak, and he picks Bill up, um, recognizing his exhaustion, and helps Bill back to the the main building of the Dixie Boy. Um, and as they walk, Handy comes up with a plan to get everyone out through the sewer system. Yeah, even though I don't checks, know why that wasn't obvious already. Like checks out, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Bill comes out to relieve the like final person of 
their pumping gas duties and tells them to run. And he pulls out a grenade, putting it on the military cart with the gun. And then like he shoves the fucking gun on the cart and it just keeps like spinning and so it's <laughs> <Yeah>. opening fire. <laughs> like that thing doesn't have like all its strength. Like it can't just like, like get pushed a half inch, then stop and be like, excuse you. Yeah. Like, nope. It's like, it's, it, it's almost like that. Like, you know, that sound effect where it's like, whoop, 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 like spinning around. Like, I don't know. It's just wild. And I like how he just gently places the grenade on the tray. Like here, hold this for me. Thanks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was good. Um, and then uh, the grenade goes off, destroying the vehicle. Then everyone heads into the sewers and heads away from the Dixie boy from across the road. They watch as trucks begin to plow through the rest stop and run over other cars until the Dixie boys eventually uh, goes up in like balls of flames and explosions. Yeah. Straight bunch of and, suicide runs. Yep. And then outside the, a, a diner nearby on the highway, uh, Deke shoots up like a drive through board that starts to like, starts like lighting up and speaking, saying like the humans, humans are here, humans are or something here. like that. Yeah. Humans are here. Humans are here. <laughs> the humans are here. Alert the other ones of the, uh, their location. And he says, this one's from my dad. This one's from my pappy. Yeah. Uh, Curtis and Brett shoot a car or I mean, an ice cream truck until it explodes and it flips and the crew that's like, how that takes works. off running down the yeah down the highway at night until they they, all, they got nine millimeter ammo and they're out there just blowing up cars yeah and apparently like that stunt didn't go as well as they thought it would they put like some kind of pole in it that was supposed to cause it to flip like end over end like multiple times and it flipped once and they were like well we just destroyed that so we're <laughs> gotta take what we got i don't know take, take the shot yeah um but they go running down the highway at like at night um until they get to a dock with boats and Bill goes to lead them to a boat, uh, I guess a specific boat, but then Brad, uh, who's one of the guys that you don't really know anything about until now, he like uh, can't help himself. So he goes and takes a ring off a dead lady whose hands like out of car window. Um, and because of this, he's ran over by Goblin. How, and- how, who, how somehow sneaks up on the entire group. Nobody hears that truck coming. And yep. then like all of a sudden it zooms back and the Goblin's just there. Yep. And I love how it turns on its motor. And he makes no attempt to get out of the way. He's standing there just doing ah for like a straight. It was a Frisca or whatever that car is. It doesn't make noise. Frisca. What? Frisca. What is that car called? Fresca. The Fr- drink. No, it's a car. Prius. It no, it's like a car like that's expensive that doesn't make noise. Oh, I know. Like uh, the t- I know. Like the Tesla that they had to add a noise to it. Fisker. Yeah. It's a Fisker. I've never even heard of that. I've never. Yeah, that's that's a that's new in my book. It's electric. It's electric. Do, 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 do. It's made by it's an electric vehicle, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So like quiet as fuck. That's just they they put another dummy in the road and let it get slapped. Yeah. And uh this I never understood because they all climb on uh like they're all about to climb on the boat. And I mean you get your hero moment, right? Like several times with the film, you know, he's called the hero, but um he grabs the, I guess the rocket launcher is that thing. Is that what that yep. thing was still? Yep. And he pops one more shot off at the goblin truck and like it hits him right in the mouth. So like the truck burns and like the eyes glow, but like for a second there, I feel like you're like, is it really dead? Like, did they really stop it? And then it just literally blows up into a million pieces. Yeah. And but, then they all get on a boat, drive away and we get the following text. Two days after, a large UFO was destroyed in space by a Russian weather satellite in 
which happened to be equipped with a laser cannon and class four nuclear missiles. <laughs> Approximately six days later, the earth passed beyond the tail of Rhea M exactly as predicted. The survivors of the Dixie boy are still survivors. It's- and that's the end of the movie. And that's the end of the movie. And there was originally an ending plan where they had to fight a Coast Guard boat. Yep. Yeah. Like with and a I, machine gun mounted, and they yeah. were like, "Okay, the budget's gone." Is that what it was? I forget. I, that that could be true. I forget why they got rid of that. There was like two other things that they, were supposed to happen, and they just didn't do either of them. They could probably his budget, if I had to guess. I know the Goblin truck though has like ended up in a bunch of places over the years. Like it was pretty much blown up and like scrapped but then like through a series of transactions and sitting in warehouses and stuff it ended up on uh in basically in 2011 ended up uh oh i'm sorry no it ended up in the like 1980s where a guy like displayed it at his video store like the wreckage mm-hmm. and like only about a couple of years ago he started restoring it and now he tra- now he like goes to horror and co- like in cons well in the I think truck. It said like 2014 or something like that he started restoring uh, it i thought or 2017 something like that yeah, so like now he goes around apparently to conventions with the truck and like shows it off all fully restored, which I think yeah, is pretty yeah. cool. But like when you think about it, I think like the, the jaw, the lower teeth, and the tongue were like gone on the truck, and like most of the truck was burnt wreckage. So the fact that he was able to recreate it and put it back together again was it's pretty awesome. I mean, that's takes a lot of dedication. Yeah, what's weird is I've never seen that like announced for a convention, so I don't know where the fuck they're bringing it. But, I mean, with gas prices today, probably nowhere. Yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Maximum Overdrive. I guess I'll go first. Um, I don't know if you heard by the tone of our voice uh, when this movie was announced last episode, but this is getting a 1.5 out of 5 for me, <laughs> and I think that's even generous. Um, I think the one thing that saves this movie is like how ridiculous some of the deaths are. It's not a good movie. Even Stephen King himself, like when people ask him, like why he doesn't direct more, he said, "Did you see the other movie, like the first movie I directed?" Like, yeah, I think he said this movie's considered a moron movie, yeah, or something like that. And like, I also heard he said, like, now that he's not doing coke, like he considered <laughs> directing another movie, but like, um, yeah, he traumatized himself. Yeah, I mean, because unfortunately he was a big alcoholic and a cokehead, so that's not like, I mean, either one's not good, but like together, definitely not good. So, but now that he's sober, he said he would. Do- uh, direct again so it's not good even Stephen King recognizes it it didn't make its money um, I think the concept is okay but the execution is fucking god awful that fucking love story is so forced and such bullshit um, but yeah like I said the, it's the kills that really even allow me to watch this like um, again I'm going to say my favorite kill is the kid that's run over by like the roller the steamroller i thought that one was pretty- either that or the coach because you can see the fucking can imprint on his forehead yeah and then my <laughs> yeah. least favorite is like uh john esposito or john carlo esposito because like i just think that electrocuting is kind of stupid i would rather even see like the people who got shot over that honestly and uh yeah that's pretty much it so mark <laughs> tell us how you feel so at first going to this movie i had it in my mind already that i hate this movie like I've only seen this movie once. I think it was 15 years ago, probably. And I wasn't a fan then. And I always see and hear stuff on YouTube or other horror stuff saying how bad this movie is. And then you always see that one person says, no, it's like a good movie, which I don't know if they're just lying to themselves or not. <laughs> um, I can say this now, though, a little bit. It's a little bit better than I, if I remember it being bad. It does have some good moments. 
there are few and far between, but there are a couple moments that are, are good. Um, with that being said, my rank is a two, but before I even started this movie, I had it a one out of five. That was in my brain. It was one out of five. Nothing, nothing can change my mind. So the movie's concept, I, I actually really do enjoy. I know Kyle said that um, it's an okay concept, but I really do enjoy the concept. The problem with the movies, the execution is awful. The acting is awful. And um, I, I can't blame that all on just Stephen King, but because the whole cast didn't even really look like they cared to try. Yeah. Um, I know nothing if this was a book beforehand, like what we found out this is a book. So I would really like this. If this got remade, I feel like someone can do justice now for it. Like I'd like the, the concept again. And we have so much technology now. I think it would make, make such a better story in nowadays. I'm sure there's some type of movie like this out here with computers phones taken over and hopefully if this does get remade it's a director who's not just worrying about where he's going to get his next eight ball from yeah for sure <laughs> so yeah my favorite kill is the kid getting steamrolled and my least favorite kill is bubba or whatever his i don't know his last name um which one was bubba that's the he keeps calling everyone bubba he gets machine gunned Bubba's the ball, the guy, Lancaster, or uh, whatever. Uh, uh, Hendershot. Hendersh- his, 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 his name is actually Bubba Hendershot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my least favorite kill is him because I think they had the perfect opportunity to like annihilate him with that machine gun. And he gets shot in the chest like three times. He's like, oh, and then yeah. just falls over. And he's like, okay, I'm dead. I guess. So, you. yeah. So that's me. That's what I think. Rob, your pick. Yeah. So I saw this when I was a teenager. And it was one of those late night movies on Showtime, like three o'clock in the morning. You have, you're so tired. You're so delirious. You have no idea what you're watching. And I just remember giggling the whole time, like laughing through it. This to me is, is something when, when something's so bad and it's tried to be taken seriously and ends up becoming absolute dog water comedy. That's kind of how I look at this. Um, in no way, shape, or form is this a good movie. There are bad movies out there that I can I can say like, well, you know, if you look at it from this perspective, it's it's kind of good. I'm not going to do that with this because there's this movie is not good. And then when I picked it, I knew it was not good. But what I like about it is that it's not good. Um, to me, this movie is a two out of five, only because of the insanity. And just how much like horror comedy is in it for me, um, you know, violent comedy um, in terms and like, you know, even there's almost like this like that that psycho sound that they're trying to play when the mm-hmm. trucks are like killing people. Like even that's kind of a play on, like, you know, some somebody had to sit there and be like, oh, this is gonna be so terrifying, <laughs> and it's it's literally it's not. It's it's comical. Um, I feel like this film could be even better for me. If you cut out the romance story, like mm-hmm. take that out completely and cut down on some of the character downtime in the third quarter of the movie, third or, or in the last third of the movie. Um, because really, this film is in maximum overdrive from the start. Yeah. Like it starts off with like the the ticker tape saying F you. Yeah. And like right off the bat, like this movie says, yeah, we're out of control and we're not going to stop. And the problem is it stops. And when it stops, it's really, 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 really bad. Like I almost went to sleep. Like it's really bad. And that's where this film is absolute trash. It just shines with its comedic kills. 
It really does. And uh, I think that that's why it's become a bit of a cult classic in the last decade or so. People have revisited it and been like, yo, this is so like bad. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but objectively speaking, it's an absolute terrible film from start to finish. Um, so for me, uh, two out of five. And I would highly recommend if you just want to, if you just want to like grab a bowl of popcorn and just laugh at something absolutely stupid, watch this movie and just fast forward through all the downtime. And, or just look up maximum overdrive, all, cl- all kill clips. Watch that. Yeah. And you're good. You got it. You're great. Congratulations. Uh, Cause there's no point in watching anything with these characters because these characters don't give a crap and you don't give a crap. And that's how that works. Um, so sorry to put you through that boys, but I figured we could use a little bit of a chuckle. No, it's fine. Got to, got to get through some stinkers, you know, I've got plenty more where that one came from. Mark's Mark's, Mark's like, I'm sure. Well, no, this is a movie I'll probably never revisit again. Honestly, I could never watch myself thinking of myself watching this again. Yeah, I agree. Unless it's a remake or something or some TV series adaptation or something. I will never watch this movie again. I can say that with all the confidence in the world. I don't think I could ever watch this movie again or will watch it again. Not that I wouldn't, but I won't. I probably won't. But like if someone ever asked me for like a dumb, bad movie to watch or like a cheesy movie, I'd definitely put that up there. Sure. All right. So I have the next pick. Coming soon to a theater near you. So my pick is going to be from 1985. And you know what? Fright Night. No. Damn. Enough is never enough. The stuff. I'm here now to warn you about the dangers of the stuff. If you see it in the stores, call your local police. If you have it in your homes, don't touch it. Get out. The stuff is a product of nature, a deadly living organism. It can overcome your mind and take over your body. And there's nothing that can stop it. The stuff. Rated R. Oh, you gotta you. be kidding me. I thought you'd do Fright Night. Oh my oh. goodness. I would love to do Fright Night, but I, I haven't to, seen the stuff in a long time. I wanted to throw another monster movie in here. That's um, right in my that's right up my alley, sir. Yeah. I love the stuff. Um I don't want to spoil anything, but uh it's about time I go and rewatch it all the way through again. Dang. Coming uh, off the blob, that would have been perfect. Well, I didn't want to do so I the thing is, I had a monster movie in mind, and I can't remember what it is for the life of me, but then you chose the blob, and I was like, fuck, I can't do two in a row. So I've been pushing this off um, awesome. while doing another monster movie. But uh, yeah, so, you know, the stuff. Um, it's uh, one of those that's getting got a little more popular once it you know, got another release from, mm-hmm. I think, Arrow. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll check it out, see how everything's going over there. Um, and that's pretty much it for us. Before we leave, though, we'd like you to rate and review us over at Apple Podcast. Give us a rating on Spotify. Um, if you do, we can send you stickers if you'd like. Um, you can also reach out to us if you, you want to leave a voice message. That would be great. We could play it on the show sometime uh, at anchor.fm slash vintage horror podcast. You can email us at vintage horror pod at gmail.com. 
Our Instagram is at Vintage Har Podcast, and our Twitter is at Vintage Har underscore. I know we don't tweet much, but or at all, but hey, we're there. You can always talk to us. Um, we have no new rates and reviews that I know of, and um, that's pretty much it. See ya. Bye. Bye. Well, I'm on Vintage Har Podcast.